Ha! <laughs> I thought I was doing the welcome. Go for it. Hello, Rocky Roadsters. Welcome back to the Rocky Road Podcast. Here we are. Back again. Actually, we're separate. We're quarantining. Woe is me. <laughs> for, for both of us, that neither one of us have COVID. That we know of. That can always change. I hugged you when I had COVID and I didn't know it. And you were fine. Get it. And I was down for the count for two weeks after that. And you just lived your merry life like I wasn't around you. Sure did. Absolutely. It was impressive. Not going to let you stop me. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to hold me down. All right. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about therapy. And Kristen and I are both music therapists. She is more so one than I am. But um, we have therapy backgrounds, but I have also done therapy. You've done therapy, right? Mm-hmm. So we just wanted to talk about the importance of therapy, why we do therapy, how to pick a therapist. And just encourage people to look into this option of therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How many times can we say this word in this episode? Therapy, 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 therapy. I think like 300 in a 20-minute segment is going to be a low ball. Like yes. a therapist? A th- <laughs> or like the girl interrupted Angelina Jolie version of... Do you know, know what she calls it? It's, no. It's, she hates... Okay, so bleep warning for just a second. Um, this goes into some of the negative connotations of therapists. Uh, the character that Angelina Jolie plays in Girl Interrupted, which is actually a really good movie. Um, not entirely accurate, but a very interesting depiction of a psychiatric ward. But she calls her therapist the, my therapist because oh, they yes. her brain and take out things that she doesn't want to share with them. I have heard that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or a therapist, the rapist. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Moving pretty on. Intense. Pretty intense version of that. That is pretty intense. I think I've heard that before, though. But it's interesting that a lot of people do think they have negative feelings and thoughts about even talking about feelings, let alone paying someone to sit in a room and talk about feelings. I think we talked about this with Michaela, too, about mm-hmm. what emotional intelligences and what emotions can do and emotions are scary and the way that we feel can sometimes be scary both in highs and lows Mm -hmm. so I totally understand I think each time that I've done therapy personally myself I have I've had to have a pretty extreme level of self-awareness that hey this is not normal or I am not okay right now Mm -hmm. to ask help. I think had I been doing well, um, I wouldn't have asked. And honestly, in like some of the hardest parts, I know for me, we'll talk about Enneagrams like in another episode, but when I'm unhealthy as a one, I go to a four. And so I personally go to this place where I'm like, there's no therapist that would ever understand what I'm going through. And it would just take so long to explain everything and they'll just never understand me. So I have to kind of get to that point and then bump over that to get to this place where I'm like, no, I really need somebody to help me and Mm -hmm. I need somebody to support me and be in my corner. And that's one of my favorite things about therapy. 
Don't know what that was. Did you hear <laughs> that? I think my email's up. I'm sorry. Oh, perfect. Okay. <laughs> so I, yes. So I think one of the best things about therapy is to have someone in your corner every single week. They are dependable. They're present. They're there. They are on your side. So even if you are doing something wrong or you are really unhealthy or making really bad decisions, they're still there cheering you on. It's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. You got it. So Hmm. not that I've really been in, I mean, I wouldn't say I've done like wrong quote for like, I'm in the really bad, like I'm doing something wrong. It's just really like a mental health thing for me of like, I'm not okay. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of increased anxiety. Um, But I've just really noticed that in doing counseling. It's like, that's why it's, that's why they don't cross counselors. That's why people don't counsel. Like they wouldn't do like marriage, like marriage or family counseling and then see each of them individually. I do know people who do that though. What? I do know people who do that. They might do it in certain sections. Like yeah. there were some times in my, when I was going through counseling with my ex-husband, there were times where she was like, all right, we're going to take 15 minutes. I'm going to talk to Mandy and we're going to take 15 minutes and I'm going to talk to him. And then we're going to get back together. Like they do that. Do you know people that actually have like individual sessions, yeah. like see I them know. really weekly and then see them individually or like together? Yeah, I, I know it's not a very common thing, but I know in one circumstance, I know a mother and a daughter who were being seen by the same therapist, then the whole family was seen by that same person, which to me feels really risky because at just keeping that relationship, the therapeutic relationship is so intricate in such a way where it's like industry standard is an hour a week. So let's just say we're sticking to that Let's say, Mandy, I see you for an hour a week. A uh, lot more than that, but <laughs> but um, <clears throat> let's say I see you for an hour a week. And in within that hour, you share intricate details of certain scenarios that then if I also saw your daughter, she would share her version of those details of those scenarios. Mm-hmm. And then if I saw you together how difficult for me as a therapist it would be to maintain neutrality. And to keep it going. Absolutely. And not accidentally letting a detail slip that one of you did not know or one of you had not considered about the other. Right. And then I've just broken both of your trust. I've ruined the entire triad of the therapeutic relationship. That to me seems really risky and dangerous. I think seeing, seeing family members separately is okay. In my opinion, um, I have a couple of siblings that I see separately, but they're not for the same scenario for the same issues. You know, I'll have one child with a disability and then one child who has some, uh, emotional behavioral needs. So they don't really even address the same things in their session. I hear about scenarios, but they're not the reason that either of them are there. Right. You're working working on different goals. But if you Mm -hmm. were working on their relationship with each other, Mm -hmm. that would set up a new – yeah, it just gets unethical and like risky and – There's an intricacy to it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think too – 
there has to be a level of vulnerability with therapists. And I mean, bless the therapists that get people that don't say a word or something <laughs> the whole time they're sitting there. Cause I can't keep my mouth shut when I go to counseling every time I'm like, I do 90% of the talking. Oh my gosh. But honestly, that's the reason for it. It's a place where you can dump and you can just word vomit and they'll listen and they'll guide and they'll encourage and they'll adjust or point things out to you. And there's like, there's certain times, some of the counseling sessions that I've been to for myself, there's nothing new said by the therapist that I Mm -hmm. haven't heard having Mm -hmm. a therapy background. I'm like, it's not that I didn't know that I Mm -hmm. knew that. And it's just coming from someone else worded maybe a little differently. And saying something that's just a reminder, Mm -hmm. you know, I know it's, and for me, it's just funny because I'll say to somebody, oh, I learned this or you or a friend or a parent or somebody. And they'll be like, Mandy, I've been telling you that forever. But it's just (laughs) something that comes from a person that is a third party trusted source. Exactly. Is what makes it just so different. And I think it's, the negative connotations of therapy scare people away so easily. Mm-hmm. And it's still there, even though there's a lot of positivity now around therapy and counseling mm-hmm. and getting the help you need. There's a lot of still negative connotations about what is it? How long does it take? What do you have yeah. to do? Why is it so expensive? Well, let's jump into that for a second. So I know that I've heard some negative opinions and connotations and assumptions really about therapy. So let's kind of not totally debunk, but go into some of the typically negative thoughts. So I've heard people, it's the biggest thing that I've heard is why would I pay for someone to listen to my, me talk about my feelings? Um, I've heard so many people say, why would I, why would I pay for someone to do that? I can just process it with my friends. I can just talk about it. My friends are my therapists. Whole nother conversation. Cue the rant. Friends can be therapeutic. However, unless, even if they are qualified, let's say I was a licensed psychologist, I'm not providing therapy to my friends when we're having mimosas at brunch. That's me lending a helpful ear and offering my advice. But let's talk about the ethical issues in saying my friend is my therapist. Yes, they can be therapeutic. Absolutely. But the therapist relationship is so sacred in a certain way where you can go into that room or into that Zoom meeting or on that phone call, whichever. And there's even text therapy, which I also have thoughts about, but mm-hmm. when in conjunction with a face-to-face meeting or a video meeting, I am okay with it. But plain text therapy feels a little risky to me as well. Uh, that's a whole nother sidebar conversation. But Part the two. thing about the therapeutic relationship is that you enter it meaningfully at an appointment time and say, okay, this is the time that I will just take this jacket of shame or guilt or insecurity off. I will sit on this couch. You're usually not lying down on a couch, people. I don't know what therapist you have lying down on that little wavy sofa. They look super comfortable. I've never seen one of those in my life outside of the movies. Me either. But you sit down. Usually it's a very comfortable chair. Um, I've had like a love seat, which are nice because you kind of like nestle into the corner. And you get to 
use that time for whatever you need to, and then you get to leave it there. Yeah. It's done for that moment. You can process it. You can continue to think about it, but. And you know what else is really great about it that's different than a friend? You know it's not going somewhere. Yes. Mm-hmm. No one is going to be repeating the information for a risk of losing their license. Mm-hmm. So it's it's confidential. You can mm-hmm. say whatever you want. You can curse as much as you want. <laughs> you can – Ugly cry. Ugly cry. <laughs> you can – say the meanest things. You can say the nicest things. You can say whatever. And the door closes after an hour Mm -hmm. and it's over. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's just a release where I think, and I think too, even as music therapists on our end, as the therapist, Mm -hmm. having experience on that side, you can't be a therapist to your friend. Mm -mm. You're too close. There's Mm -mm. too much shared information, just too much. You just know each other too well. So yes, it's therapeutic. It's helpful. Same thing with music, which is a common misconception of music therapy. It's like, oh, I listen to music all the time. It's very therapeutic for me. Like I get it. What you do? No, (laughs) it's not what we do. There's intentionality behind what we do and it takes training to do what we do. So we don't just plug in an iPod and sit there and just talk about, you know, how our day was like, Mm -hmm. is that, is that, could that happen? Yes, but is there would be a reason for that to happen mm-hmm. in a music setting, not just oh hey we're at brunch drinking mimosas with some music playing <laughs> on the restaurant speaker and we're just talking to each other and like oh mm-hmm. this music is so great it's really helping me. Yes, <laughs> but that's like somebody who does art and somebody who's painting a picture on a canvas and them saying like oh this is my therapist. No, it's not. Like an mm-hmm. art therapist is trained. And how to use art and develop with purpose behind it. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest the biggest thing for me is, yes, a friend can be therapeutic, but they're mm-hmm. not your therapist. And mm-hmm. it is very different. There are things that I will tell my therapist that I will not tell my best friend. Mm-hmm. There are very few people that you can – like there is a couple of people in my life that I can come into a room and I can be like this and just uncensored – release, I would say there's probably two people that I can do that with. And besides that, there's always some sort of expectation Mm -hmm. with friends and and things like that. And so, gosh, it always goes down to friendship, doesn't it? Um, But... Let's talk about adult friendships and the trauma that was us. Again. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So what is, so I have not a bad therapist story, but I have a story or I guess an experience um, of a therapist that I didn't quite connect with. Um, I'm curious, have you ever had, I will share it, but I want to hear from you first. Have you ever had a therapist that you're just not feeling? Not a specific one. Mm-hmm. I had I actually had a male therapist mm-hmm. um, one time. I had a female therapist another time. And now my third one that I've experienced personally is also female. Mm-hmm. Male was very interesting. It was mm-hmm. very intellectual, scientific-based, like to the point. 
I feel like the female therapist for me as a female were a lot more emotional mm-hmm. involvement. I loved my the, my male therapist too, not in like a romantic way, but like mm-hmm. I was really good at what he did. And mm-hmm. um, but at the end of the day, my current therapist, because I'll admit I'm in it right now, is like the best for sure the best one I've had. Mm-hmm. Now the one, the one female therapist I had before, that was when I was in couples therapy. So that was a different context. Mm-hmm. Different dynamic like development. Would you ever consider seeing a couple therapist individually after like since that relationship is or yeah. the, the, relation, the therapeutic relationship that you were in with her and him that passed? Would you would consider I, seeing her again? Just for individual? Mm-hmm. Um maybe. It's not, I don't think it really applies because she focused more on military, which is mm-hmm. kind of what I did. Yeah, so it's really specific. the same. Um, my current therapist did recommend me going to therapy again at mm-hmm. some point down the line with co-parenting and doing like a co-parenting therapy yeah. with four of us. So mm-hmm. me, my significant other, him, his significant other, when we reach that part, that part in our relationship mm-hmm. to go and just do a few sessions of co-parenting therapy, which yeah. I thought was really interesting because she was like, yeah, it's four person. It'd be a four person therapy. Well, I mean, think about it. Like you, it's recommended that you do premarital counseling. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's normal. It's because two people coming into relationships. So in reality, you have two entities, which would be two separate couples coming in to this relationship for the purpose of positive parenting. So it yeah. makes sense. I just, I don't think a lot of people do that. I know for a fact, I know certain couples who wouldn't even dream of doing that mm-hmm. when they, when they separated and, and had to do like custody battles and things like that, there, there wouldn't even be a question. The even answer is no. people in marriages that aren't in a healthy marriage. Mm-hmm. And I was there like it couples counseling was not, it was like kind of on my radar, but it wasn't even something I said like, Oh, we have to do this. We don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people that are married or have been married five years, 10 years, 20, 30, 40 years, and they have all these long-term issues, you know, being married to somebody for 40 years, there's wow. a lot of things that have happened in that amount of time. And then Absolutely. a marriage break in 40 years because they're refusing to go and get help for it mm-hmm. over a long the time. And then I know other couples that have been in therapy off and on their entire marriage. Mm-hmm. And so it just really depends. It just really depends on the person, what you feel is best. I don't, I personally never would say that there's too much therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you can afford it, why not? Right. Exactly. And now say, right. Oh, we don't have anything to talk about and then get to chatting and realize, Oh wait, there is something that's going on. Um, yeah. yeah like and, example, there's someone close in, in my life who is, I'm very glad that she sought therapy, um, not for any specific reason other than she just like had a lot going on for a couple of years mm-hmm. and she just kind of needed to offload a little bit. And she said she would walk into her sessions and said, oh yeah, there's nothing really going on. And then 10 minutes later, she's like, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this. And that's the point is that you can think that there's nothing going on. And yeah. you can think that you're completely and totally fine. Same thing with with couples, with individuals, with families. Mm-hmm. There doesn't need to be a crisis. Like, let's talk about, gosh, I'm going to go on so many soapbox tangents, but let's talk about how it's really difficult for anybody to get therapy covered by insurance 
unless there's a crisis or a disability or a diagnosis. Therapy is not easy to access for so many people mm-hmm. unless they were incarcerated or unless right. they're in rehab or they have X, Y, and Z diagnosis. Right. It shouldn't only be accessible to people who have gone through or are currently going through a crisis scenario or have mm-hmm. an ongoing illness. For sure. I mean, there's definitely um, more insurance companies are covering it more every so often. And I think I think creative arts therapy that we run into a lot is less covered mm-hmm. just in general. But I know there's there are a lot of options. We talked about this with Michaela um, on her episode and just talking about the importance of the investment in it is like yeah. paying it like you would pay your electric bill. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, the counseling that I'm currently in, there's financial aid offered that you can apply for Absolutely. with your your current salary, what you make. Mm-hmm. And I had a few job changes this year. And so my the cost of my counseling shifted because I reapplied mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. An financial aid and just do it even if you can fully afford it, like you just apply for it and just see what happens. Yeah, they do have income. Like some places have sliding scales Mm -hmm. that make it a lot more affordable. Um, And a lot of times too, like a church has a deacon's fund mm -hmm. that can help you if you really, really, really need it and you think it's the most beneficial thing that you need. Honestly, even if you're just considering it, Mm -hmm. you can go and ask a church, your local church and say from their deacon's fund, would you... Help me cover one month of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the other thing, another tangent. <laughs> not going to know if you get along with your therapist in one session. Yes. Oh my I'll God. Say it once, I'll say it again. This Don't take this the wrong way, people, because you're not da- dating your therapist, but finding a good therapist relationship can feel like dating because- you don't have to jive with the person that you are matched with on that online service or that had the availability in your local area. Yes, it's really frustrating right now to find services because everybody is booked up because we're all in a mental health crisis. Welcome to America. We're sorry. We don't know what happened, but we're here to fix you. Post-pandemic. Yeah, exactly. And so many people are struggling. The positive thing though, is that so many people are seeking services because they're struggling. So that's a good thing. For sure. Yeah. Just because one person has availability in your area does not necessarily mean that that's the best person for you. And I, so I used an online service and I had, I want to say maybe six sessions with someone and I just was not I felt like I was coming to a lot of the conclusions and it wasn't any new information and it was just a a little bit frustrating because I feel like I was spoon feeding him what I expected him to say to me. Mm. Um, And so I said, I don't feel like this relationship is working out. I appreciate your time. And he said, okay, thank you. Best of luck in your, you know, I don't remember exactly what he said. Best of luck in your therapeutic journey. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those things where I have been quote unquote, fired by clients, not because there's anything wrong with them, not because there's anything wrong with me, but because the connection was not quite what was best for what they needed. And that's okay. So if you don't love your therapist, that's okay. But if you don't love them because they're actually challenging you and making you think, maybe stick it out and try to 
to see if you can get past that. I think there is a big difference between shopping around and avoiding. And there's a lot of different nuances that we can get into with that. And it's very specific to each specific situation, but you don't have to sit in therapy and feel like you're in misery because if that's the case, then it's not the right fit. Right. And good on you for seeking that service out and for having someone listen to you and for being able to have someone, even if it's not that best person, but there are other options out there. I'm a big fan of this movement to online, not necessarily just just the text-based, but I had a combination of a 45-minute video call once per week at the same time, just like if you're driving to somewhere, it's the same time every single week. And then there would be online journal prompts and there was the option to send a message to the therapist. Mm -hmm. Uh, They they would answer within, I think it's 48 to 72 hours because even online therapists have to have lives too. And they have to have families and they have to have boundaries. But it was that option where I would say, hey, just texting you this because I'm thinking of it right now and I want to bring it up in my next session and I don't want to forget. Mm, yeah. And just being able to send it off and they would bring it up because it comes up in my little platform when we come to our next video meeting. Right. Because, hey, you were thinking about this at 3 a.m. on a Tuesday. What was going on there? <laughs> and it's it's great. So I think, it's worth, I think it's worth linking to what you're talking about because I use the same service and mm. I think we should link it in the show notes here mm-hmm. because I agree with you and you had, you're talking about like an okay experience with your therapist. Yeah. It wasn't but, negative, but it was just not challenging as in depth. Yeah. I, I need someone, I challenge other people in therapy. I'm known, my clients and the people who hire me know that I'm very challenging because I love to help people grow. Right. And, and you have a background in therapy. So obviously your therapist needs to be experienced because you already know the basics of what they're going to say to you. Mm-hmm. Which can be really difficult. It honestly, as a therapist, can be really difficult to find mm-hmm. a therapist that challenges you. Mm-hmm. That could be a whole nother episode. <laughs> yeah. But I would say too, because we've talked about this too, I use the same service. and It's an app, it's an app on your phone called BetterHelp. Mm-hmm. And I have a great experience with it. I also do a video call one time per week. And um, it's, you know, telehealth for me has been really helpful. That's honestly, that's the only way I've done therapy. And it's not that I'm opposed to in person. I've just, my biggest thing is my schedule and my life and just the way that things work. It's always easier to just find a corner or sit in my car for 45 minutes or an hour and talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. I've literally pulled into like a, like a Walmart parking lot and done therapy in a parking lot because I was driving somewhere and I had 45 minutes that I could just sit and wait. But, and I've gone from one place or I've, I used to, when I was going through my divorce, I was living with my parents and I'm not going to do therapy in my parents' house. So Mm -hmm. I would say, I have a, I have an appointment. I got to go. And I would get in my car, I'd drive down the street to the, to the local like parking lot or like parking lot and just park my car and sit there and do it. And, Mm -hmm. um, for me, it's, it's where you feel comfortable. It's yeah, it was what was comfortable, but it was also what was convenient, and it was worth my time to sit there and talk mm-hmm. in a parking lot. I mean, multiple parking lots. I can like think of multiple places that I've done this. Yeah, and instead of taking the time to drive to someone 
to sit there in person. I'm totally for that. I think that is always the best option is in person. I'm still for that, but I found a lot of benefit in doing it virtually too, but I also have the same thing with the app for you with the better help app is having the journal option, having the, mm-hmm. um, having the option to just message my therapist and just say the same thing. Like I had a really bad day the one time I had like a, 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 something happened with some family and I just like wrote a message to her and was like, this is what happened mm-hmm. and immediately, which is not always like, yes, you said like they have mm-hmm. their they have lives and boundaries, but it was immediately for her. She responded to me and she just said, I'm really proud of you. Wow. It was like that's but that validation. The validation that I needed in this moment where I've had this horrible day, I was in a really bad headspace, I had a ton of anxiety, and I just was like, This is what happened. I want to talk about it this week. This is what it is. And she's like, I'm really proud of you. You're really working hard. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Wow, she's in my corner. She's here to support me. Whether or not I was right or wrong, she literally did not care. Mm-hmm. It was like, what you're doing. And for her to even said, she's like, You're in counseling because you know you want to get better. Like you're already taking a step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. So I'm a huge proponent of it. Like it's just so helpful and it's just so nice to just have that one person, even if you're like, okay, my spouse is in my corner. Like Mm -hmm. for me, I don't have that. But like if somebody has that or somebody has, you know. I'm in your corner. You're in my corner. (laughs) But you have an almost spouse. So it's different. (laughs) It's like, it's just not the same. (laughs) Wait, when is this? When is this nugget coming out? I don't know. Because at this point, he's already my spouse. Yeah, pretty much. Spoiler alert. Right. So anyway. But I think that's a really interesting, if we talk about positive reinforcement and positivity. So it's not toxically positive to support someone's growth. There's a lot of, here's one of the, Bottom line, one of the wonderful benefits of therapy is you're right, always having someone in your corner, but that lack of judgment where yeah. it's, if you said something like, I, 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 it's not my mom, not Mandy's mom. Like, let's say something was said to your mom, like this, this girl, okay, let's call her Patrice and Patrice says something to her mom. <laughs> if you're a How I Met Your Mother fan, you will appreciate that reference. But if Patrice says something to her mom, her mom might say, great, I'm proud of you. You're working hard. But her mom might also think about, oh, but why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Why didn't you do that? In therapy, you're not going to get that. They're going to see the growth and they're going to support that growth. Even if in the back of their head, and I have done this, I've worked with the forensic population. I have a lot of things that I observe that could have been done differently in my clients. But when those clients make a teeny tiny centimeter of a step forward, I hail them as if it was an Olympic gold medal. Because if you say, okay, that was great, but it was only half a centimeter, not an inch. What is that going to do? That motivate them. And exactly. Yeah. So being able to say, this is good. Not, but why didn't you do this? That is... If that's the only thing you get from therapy, that is life-changing. So that is amazing. Yeah. And even just one step. And also too, like if you have a really bad week and you made a bad decision or something did not go well or you tried and it failed, Mm. they still are there to say, I'm proud of you. 
mm. and to encourage you. Yeah. And, you know, there were, there's been many moments over the course of my, the years that I've done it where I've had a really bad week and I just showed up and I'm like, I am just not in a good place. Mm-hmm. And the validation of them saying, that's okay. You showed up. You showed up. You're here. You're allowed to have a bad week. And for even them to just acknowledge like you are tired because X, Y, Z, you're going through X, Y, Z, you are working hard, you're growing in X, Y, Z, it's growing pains and emotional growing pains. You can't see them, but they're there. And I remember my counselor, she said to me, she's like, Mandy, you are going through an emotional like you, she said to me, like, you're digging really deep into who you are and it takes so much emotional energy that it's okay to take a nap. Mm. Just the validation of her, like, I always, I had noticed I was just so tired and I thought there was something physically wrong with me, which yes, that can be the case too in some circumstances, but for her to just be like, emotionally, you are so exhausted because of the work that you're doing. It's okay. If you're, if you feel yourself being more tired than normal, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And it was like, wow, that changed everything. And to the point where like, I have come home and taken a nap or closed my eyes or given myself that grace of I'm going through a lot or I have a lot going on or mm-hmm. you know, as a single parent, like it's just not easy all the time. And so mm-hmm. there's moments where I'm exhausted at seven o'clock at night. And the last thing I want to do is put my kid to bed. And so I just tell her like, put a show on, I'll put you to bed 15 minutes later so that I can just close yeah. my eyes for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's like giving myself permission to do that and having somebody that I know is supporting me in doing that is just like all of the benefits of having therapy Mm -hmm. and like you too, being a therapist on the other end of things, you know, for you and I, like we are okay to cry in front of somebody, not everybody, but we pick and choose who we're safe to cry in front of. My socks right now say I heart crying. So I like therapeutic crying. (laughs) Crying feels so good. I'm going to, I'm going to out my husband right now. And I'm going to share that he had a really hard week last week. Um, he'd lost a coworker. It was, a, he's at a new position at work. It's a lot of extra stress. And he shared with me um, that he was so upset when he was driving home from the funeral of this person that he lost at work. Um, it wasn't. He didn't, hmm? Lost suddenly. Yes, suddenly, not not because of something that happened at work, but he just happened to pass while he was at work, and that was just like a really, really terrible situation. Um, he said, I was crying so hard, I thought I was going to crash, so I had to pull over and just have a really hard cry. And man, there is a benefit to the catharsis that you can feel crying. And I've done that. I've done that cry. Maybe not to that extent, because that would have been a messy one, but having that catharsis to be able to cry in front of, around, and with someone who will support you and just be ready for you when you're done. Yeah. Just so impactful. Some of my biggest breakthroughs in my life were while I was crying. Mm. And I remember moments where I... I tell this story when I share my testimony through my divorce and like what mm. happened through through that period of time. I remember laying in the fetal position 
on my parents' floor crying. And I can tell this story another time. I'm not going to take the time now to do it. But I remember just laying on the floor of my parents' basement because I was 28 living in my parents' basement with a Mm -hmm. two-year-old. There was absolutely nothing to be proud of at the time. And it was just really hard for me to like wrap my mind around the fact that I was 20, 20, I was like 27 at that time. I was 27, almost divorced. And I had a two-year-old like at 27 years old. Right. So I remember thinking to myself that like, I can't cry. It's gotta be okay. It's gotta be okay. And then I realized, and I was like, nobody's around. No one's going to judge me. Uh I can bawl my eyes out and ugly cry and nobody will see this. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened. And that moment, that night that that happened, that changed my trajectory of my entire healing process was changed Mm -hmm. that night during that cry fest. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was just, it's just okay. And that can happen in therapy because therapy is going to pull out things. Like I, I think my current counseling right now, and this isn't like all about my counseling, obviously, but I think I'm on like week 15 or 16 since I've started Mm -hmm. with this new, new therapist and she's great. I've had a really good experience. I've got a lot of really positive feedback. You're very excited to talk about things that you, like you don't share everything that you talk about, but you say, this is what she said to me. And it was really earth shattering because, and that was happening within a couple of weeks, which means that that's a really good fit. Yeah. And there were moments, there were things that she has said that she was able to just put words to what I was feeling. Mm. And I think that was the most validating part. She wasn't changing my life. You know, Mm -hmm. she wasn't dropping like a rocket science bomb on me of like, this is the newest thing. You know, you should hear about this. It's like, no, it was just really like, this is how I'm feeling. And I'm explaining it to you in a hundred words. And she's concisely putting it into one sentence. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yes, that is the way that it is. And so I just think it's, it's really validating and I think I've had that experience on the other side as a therapist too. I mean, working in hospice, I didn't have always the most verbal patients, Mm -hmm. but the ones that I did have, I would just really validate them. Like they were dying and some of them did not want to die. And Mm -hmm. for me to say to them working in hospice, you know, I was like, it's okay to not want to die. And then, you know, they would just cry. Mm-hmm. And it's like somebody is hearing them and listening to them. And I think as humans, the most important thing that we want in our lives is to just be heard mm-hmm. and to be listened to and to be validated mm-hmm. and that we're not crazy and that our emotions mm-hmm. might be a little off the wall. And Sometimes. <laughs> a lot of the time. <laughs> but it still can be something that is useful And just because you're feeling a certain way doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm a huge advocate for it. I am like, go to counseling, go to to therapy. And I have a friend right now that just started and, you know, they shared with me how exciting and how amazing it was. And I'm like, great, hop on the pro therapy wagon. Yes. And like get <laughs> people to do it because it is so good. Like the breakthroughs that can come from it, the, the, the healing that can come from it, the growth that can come from it. I was actually just saying today to somebody like three years out of my divorce, I should not be in the place that I am right now as far as healing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's like, 
I talk about this in my co-parenting episode, how it's so different than what a normal expectation of a divorce would be after three years. And I'm not saying I'm perfect and I'm definitely not fully healed, but I'm really far down the road in three years of work as opposed to like where I feel like I should be. Mm-hmm. And it's that is hugely a credit to therapy and helping me get to that place. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think we could talk for another six hours yeah, about our feelings about how important therapy is and the benefits and our experiences. I think being on the receiving end is one of the most humbling things that I've ever experienced is saying that people trust me with this information and people trust me with these feelings and people trust me. And for listeners who have never experienced therapy, there is someone out there who wants to trust you. And there's someone out there who is so ready to hear all of your bullshit and all of your pain and all of your hurt and all of your confusion and your anger and your mommy issues and your daddy issues and your your experiences and anything that you might even just be a little bit insecure about or if you don't even feel like you need therapy mm-hmm. whatever you have to bring there is there are so many people out there who are available to listen and ready to listen and don't tell yourself short. Don't feel like you have to sit in silence by yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't feel like no one understands you because that's, again, if I've said it once, we've said it a million times. That's the whole reason why we're doing this thing is to help you feel less alone. Yeah. And we're not your therapist, but we want to help you find one. Absolutely. It's our big dream. It is. We want to be... The goal for one of the goals of the podcast is to be a, a huge pool of resources for people. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 so cliche, but it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to ask for help. And it's okay to not know why you're asking for help. Mm-hmm. I remember I showed up to counseling one time and I was like, I don't know really why I'm here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just know I should be. <laughs> I just think I, I just think there's something wrong with me. Mm. And there's something that I can tell I'm not who I am. And mm. you know, and then they're like, "Great. Glad you're here." <laughs> Welcome so people that train and learn about therapy and I just am so grateful for good therapists out there. There are some that aren't good. And just keep that in mind. Like, yeah. C's get degrees. <laughs> it is true to a certain extent. And it's like you cannot judge therapy based on one session, based on one therapist. Based, based on the number of letters behind their name. Based on their criteria, yes. Based on their education. Like you cannot. Somebody that can have the same letters, the same education, the same degrees, and be totally different from another person that has the same letters, the same degrees, the same place. I mean, like literally from the same college. Like totally different. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it is kind of like shop around, but don't avoid. Mm -hmm. So don't, if you're being challenged, don't run away. If you're not being challenged, maybe consider changing. Yeah. Um, I know a red flag for me. I know somebody that had a therapist that canceled all the time. Yeah. Huge red flag. 
For if sure. you have a therapist that's constantly canceling, yeah. huge red flag. Like get out, go find but another. Also, my last little like, if you're mad at your therapist, that's actually good. Yeah. Because that means they're challenging you in an appropriate way and you feel safe being mad at them. Yes. Not it won't be that way forever. But occasionally, you, you're allowed to be mad at your therapist and that's actually a good thing because yeah. there's safety in that relationship. Mm-hmm. Man, we were closing and now we're just, yeah, just <laughs> opening a whole other can of worms. There's another worm of anger. Yes. But it's so true. It's like even in like I'll plug better help again. And I know you, mm-hmm. like this is this is literally the perfect way to plug it because you had an okay experience. I had a great and I'm having a great experience with it. Yeah. And it's still a great place to go. I know somebody else that uses it and is having a good experience too. But better help is there to provide that space. And there is literally like a little drop down on the right hand side. You just click it and there's a button that says change therapist. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to ask. Yeah. You can just click that button and find yourself a new therapist. And don't feel like chat roulette and have six sessions a day, but. Right. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> it's really like it takes, I would say, I personally think it takes four sessions to start a relationship. Yeah. It takes a while to get at least to know you, then you know them, you build trust, you have to share what's going on. They're asking you questions or trying to piece things together. It's going to take some time. Mm-hmm. And so give it a month. If it's not working, try somebody else and it's okay. And, and maybe ask why it's not working. Don't just assume like, oh, they're making me mad. I'm done. Like you said, it's like, maybe they're just, maybe it's just not working. And, mm-hmm. or maybe they are challenging you and don't give up. And it gets better. And it's not every single week is terrible. And you don't need to be in therapy ongoing for years and years and years and years and years. You can do six months. Mm-hmm. You could do three months. You could do five do short-term years. counseling or you can do consistent therapy for the rest of your life. And the fun fact is that it's all in your control. Mm-hmm. You can decide what you feel like you need. And that's also part of the experience is that your deci- your decision to leave therapy might not come recommended by your therapist, but they know you're going to learn something by leaving therapy. And if you walk back in that door or if you sign back up for that particular therapist, they're like, hi, welcome back. Not, see, I told you, you shouldn't have left. No, it's hi, welcome back. Where yeah. are we now and how can we move forward? And we're glad you're here. Absolutely. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. Ugh. We hey, definitely. wasn't this supposed to be a mini-sode? Yeah, well, it's a full episode. <laughs> they get a little bonus 20 minutes on this one. <laughs> we could keep going longer, but we're going to be done for today. And now we have to pick a song that goes with this episode. I think the one that I was listening to when we signed on is actually a really uh, relevant one. What's it called? So it was The Light of a Clear Blue Morning by the Whale and Jennies. Oh my goodness. I know. Whale and Jennies. I if it's if it is my choice, everything on this playlist will have three female singers and a banjo. <laughs> All songs chosen by Christian. Kristen. <laughs> you will know <laughs> which ones are mine. But no. I think um it's basically saying like I can see the light of a clear blue morning. It's there's nothing right. 
too complicated about that. It's just saying, <sighs> look up the lyrics for a second. Yeah, been a long night waiting for the morning. I mean, who in a dark spot has not been waiting for the light? Yeah, I can see the light of a brand new day. Everything's gonna be all right. It's gonna be okay. Absolutely. So even if you don't like how the song sounds, the lyrics are beautiful. You can Google them and make up your own melody. Sounds awesome. Put that on the playlist. There you go. Done. I will. And there's your nugget for the day. Perfect. We love you. See you later, Rocky Roadsters.